Good morning. We are so glad that you've joined us here at Freedom Fellowship uh, to worship with us this Easter Sunday. He is risen. And you get to say at home, he is risen indeed. I hope you and yours are doing well in light of everything that's going on in this crazy world. But it's good for us to turn to the Lord, to worship him as we have together And just look to him this morning into his word, what he has to say in light of Easter Sunday. So I'm so glad that we are on the air and people are watching really all over the world. And I hope there's some skeptics that have joined us this morning just to consider some things in light of Jesus and who he said he was and in light of the resurrection. I want to take a look with you guys this morning at... A couple passages. We're going to start in John chapter 20. So if you have a Bible, would you turn there, please? And you can also mark this morning uh, Luke 24. But the first question I have for us is, why do you seek the living among the dead? And that question actually comes from the scriptures. So in other words, why are you looking for an alive person in a dead place? They had gone to the tomb. All of the women, we had Mary, Mary, and a Mary, and a Salome that went there along with some of the disciples, and they expected Jesus to stay dead. They were skeptical, and I would be too. There was no one outside of the tomb doing a countdown. All right. Get ready, fireworks are in place. I'm going to do a countdown. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, get ready, 5, 4, 3, here he comes, 2. There was no one doing that. They expected him to stay dead. So we would think that too, because that's what dead people do, don't they? They stay dead. Let's take a look there in the Gospel of John, chapter 20, verses 1 and 2. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and she went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. So when Mary looks into the tomb, when Peter and John get there, and later look into the tomb, none of them assumed a resurrection. You see, they assumed what you and I would assume. Someone stole the body. Seems like nonsense. Today, pretty much everybody acknowledges that Jesus is a historical figure. But if you think the resurrection of Jesus from the dead is nonsense, well, guess what? You're in good company. Jesus' best friends on the morning of felt the same way. Peter and John run to the tomb because they think what Mary had told them was nonsense. 
Now, let's take a look together in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24, verse 10. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, and the other woman with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seem to be an idle tale, nonsense, and they did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves, and he went home marveling, wondering at what had happened. Here's what's amazing about this narrative in the witness of the New Testament documents. They record skepticism and unbelief catch it from the very people that would be the spokesmen for the new movement. So Jesus, who's running your public relations here? Are you guys getting this? So they documented their own disbelief. They were not superstitious people. They had all given up all hope. And right now, they were just trying to stay alive because it was open season on those who were followers of Jesus. So that Sunday evening, they were behind locked doors for the fear of the Jews, we're told in John 20, verse 19. And they weren't running through the streets saying, there's a miracle! Come and see! He's, the, he's alive! No, that's not what was going on. They were hiding. And then Jesus pays them a visit. Again in Luke chapter 24, look at verse 36. And as they were talking about these things, they were hiding in the room, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace to you. But they were startled and frightened and thought they saw a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? And then later in Luke 24, 46 now, it says, Jesus said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. And then something that changed everything. Look at verse 48 here. You are witnesses of these things. Huh. You are witnesses of these things. What things? Of the resurrection. That I am alive. Yeah, I died on the cross. My blood was shed for the remission of sin. And I was buried. But I have risen from the dead. And I am alive. You see, they were eyewitnesses to the event that has changed everything. By the resurrection, Christianity rises or falls. I want to take a look with you guys at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 13. But if there is no resurrection of the dead, 
then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain, and your faith is in vain. And verse 17 says, And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. So why should we believe the resurrection today? Because of their testimony. I want us to listen to what Jesus says in the Gospel of Mark this time, verse 13 of chapter 16. And they, it's speaking about the two disciples that were on the road to Emmaus here. They went back and told the rest, but they did not believe them. And afterward, he, Jesus, appeared to the eleven themselves as they were reclining at the table and he rebuked them for unbelief and hardness of heart because they didn't believe that he rose from the dead nope you see here guys they had not believed those who saw him after he had risen guys we believe because of their witness their testimony whose i'm glad you asked we have matthew the tax collector an author of one of the four gospels in the bible he was an eyewitness and that's why he gave an account that's why he wrote a gospel we have mark via peter's testimony we have luke he set in order accounts of eyewitnesses we have john's account peter's paul's And then there's even James, the brother of Jesus. He shows up a little bit later in this story. But now imagine this. If you have a brother and he declares that he is the Lord. Now, what would it take for you to believe that your brother was the Lord? Wait. And here's the big question for today. Are the Gospels a reliable, historical witness? This is a great question. What about the four resurrection stories that we read in the Gospels being different? And I hope you've studied this. If you haven't, I would encourage you to do so. But there are different takes on the different accounts of the resurrection. Well, a good detective knows if four witnesses to a crime told the exact same story, you would know that they had colluded or conspired together in their story. So what about the first century women witnesses? Okay, It wasn't even credible for a woman to testify or to be a witness in court, right? So if you were... uh, concocting a story you wouldn't have your first eyewitness be a woman let alone around five and oh yeah he was seen alive by a hand selected 500 plus witnesses named in first corinthians 15 hand selected yes catch this in acts chapter 10 Verse 40, it says, But God raised him on the third day 
and made him to appear, not to all the people, but to us who had been chosen by God as witnesses, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. So their witness was, is, enough. Also, I want us to note, guys, an eyewitness is not heresy or a rumor. And a lot of people have conjecture about that. That's just ignorance. In other words, guys, it was God's intentional design not for the risen Christ to be seen by everyone, not even in the day in which it happened, and not today, as much as we might wish we could. So he appeared to a limited group of people who saw it and then wrote about it. So everyone who hears or reads this witness will be able to know the assurance that God provides for the world about the resurrection of his son. And that's the way that God has designed it for us to know. It's an event that changed everything. So the foundation of our faith is an event an extraordinary event to grant us the forgiveness of sins, to heal our hurts. Like what, Pastor? For those who are alone. Wow. The resurrection. Because of it, you can be adopted into a family, God's family, to become a child of God. Sadness. Happiness may be let down because of the resurrection, lifted up. Broken because of the resurrection, man, new life, wholeness. Shame because of the resurrection, now honor. Anxiety, man, if you're in Christ, he gives you his peace. Addiction, man. Christ came to set us free, didn't he? Freedom. Hopeless, hope. Anger, joy. Hate, love. All because of the resurrection. Consider Peter with me. Peter believed. Then, unbelieved. He actually ran away. And then, he denied even knowing Jesus, to a little schoolgirl. And then he rebelieved. When? The resurrection. And then died for his beliefs. Eusebius, a historian, said Peter was crucified at the age of 70 over in Rome by Nero in AD 69 upside down after preaching the risen Lord for 37 years. Peter, as an old man, said in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again 
to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. Not something he believed as a child. Most Jews didn't believe in heaven, but something he saw as an adult. So when the two Marys were told by the two angels to go to the disciples and told them that he was risen in route, we're told that Jesus met them and he greeted the women with one word, rejoice. Matthew chapter 28, verse 9. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them saying, rejoice. So they came and they held him by the feet and they worshiped him. Rejoice. It's that inward emotion of joy that finds expression in outward shouting, singing, leaping, in dancing, or in worship. Rejoice. Our happy source is in the resurrection of our Jesus. Rejoice. In the transformation only Jesus can bring to you. It's kind of like a lizard with, say, a snorkel, some snorkel gear. It's not equal to a frog. And neither is a caterpillar that clips a set of wings on its back and calls itself a butterfly. And we can't put on a new set of clothes and call ourselves clean from sin. An inward transformation must take place. We must be born again from above by the Spirit of God. Christ, Christ must invade our lives and perform this creative act, a metamorphous transformation. What a caterpillar calls the end the rest of the world calls a butterfly. So are there any caterpillars this morning that would like to become a butterfly? And that really, guys, is the invitation of Easter Sunday. Because he lives, you can also live. And I want to give you an opportunity to respond to that invitation. We're told in the scriptures that whoever believes on the Son shall not perish, but will have eternal life, will be born again of the Spirit of God. And by the grace of God, we are saved, guys. It is a gift to be received by faith. And I would hope today, if you've been a skeptic, that you would see that, wow, there is a lot of evidence here. There were eyewitnesses willing to be put to death for their faith, their belief in the resurrection of this Jesus, that they were willing to lay down their lives to be crucified even upside down. All the apostles, except for John, <laughs> died for their faith in Christ. 
And I would encourage you guys today. And how do we get saved? Well, the Bible's very clear. You really need to bow the knee to Jesus Christ. Not to another, to him alone. For he is the only way that we can be forgiven of sins. He is the only way in which we can get to the Father, make it to heaven. And he is the only truth that there is. There aren't other truths out there. Otherwise, Jesus is a liar. But he's risen from the dead. He claimed to be God, and he said he would prove it by rising from the dead, and he sure did. So I would invite you this morning to bow your knee, to believe in your heart that Jesus died, and that he rose again, and to confess with your mouth that he is Lord. And I'm going to give you guys an opportunity to do that right now if you would pray with me, if you would like to accept Jesus Christ into your life, to know that your sins can be forgiven, and he can forgive anything. So if you're wanting to do that this morning, would you pray with me now, please? God in heaven, I thank you that you are Savior of this world. I thank you that your son Jesus paid the debt for my sins, past, present, and future, that by the blood he shed I could be forgiven. I believe, I confess with my mouth that he is Lord, that he's died, that he's risen again. I thank you that by faith alone, I can be saved. And I thank you by faith in you, Jesus. I can enter into your family for all time. I repent from my sin and I turn to you. Teach me. Do with me what you want. That your will would be done in my life. I ask in your name, Jesus. Amen. I sure hope that you prayed that with me. There is no greater thing in this life. Many today are looking for healing. And I believe that the greatest healing, the greatest miracle that can happen to anybody is when they finally humble themselves before their maker and they cry out to Jesus with hearts of gratitude, thanking him, acknowledging him for who he is and what he has done. That turning from all others, all idols, all the things of this life, repenting of sin and turning to him and coming into eternal life. There is no greater miracle when someone is born again of the Spirit of God, that they have eternity in heaven with their maker, with Jesus, who loved them so much that he was willing to lay down his life for us, to spend it with him for all time. That's a miracle. Because without him, guys, the only hope we have is hell. Hell's not a good place to be. I want to encourage you, if you prayed with me this morning, I would like you to go to our website, come to freedom.com. I want you to go all the way down to the bottom of our homepage. And there you can leave a message. Put your name in there and your email. And I'd like for you to put in the message there, I put my faith in Jesus today. Um, I'd love to connect with you, to pray with you. 
And also, we're going to be starting a new believers class. And if any of you guys would like to do that, of course, we'll be doing it online uh, for the time being. But we're going to go through the basic things. As a new Christian, uh, there are things that are very important for us to believe as children of God. First of all, what it really means to be born again. We're going to look to the Word of God at length on what that means and what that looks like. Because Jesus said, unless you're born Again, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. And then we'll do a session on how we know the Bible is true. We'll look at prayer and how that works in our lives and how important uh, the prayer life is for the believer. That is a great gift that God's given to us. Then we'll look at the church, the history of the church. And then we'll conclude simply by how we continue to grow. And as we're growing, how we share our faith with others. So I hope that you'll join us for that. Again, thank you so much for joining us here today. We're not quite done yet. We're going to worship a little bit more together uh, before we conclude our time. And I would encourage you, stand up. It is good to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords because he is alive. Okay, We're not worshiping something that is dead, that we have made with our own hands. We're worshiping God Almighty, the creator of all things. So let's pray one more time before we worship. Thank you so much, Father, for your love for us. Thank you again, God, for the reality of the resurrection. This isn't wishful thinking. People saw you firsthand. Your word prophesied it uh, way before you ever came and did what you did. Even the crucifixion was prophesied. You said you would die and that you would rise again. We're so excited to finally see you someday face to face. But until then, Father, it's awesome. It's a blessing, a privilege uh, to be a part of your family, to actually know you, to be born again of the Spirit. God, that's my heart's desire for all listening today, that they would really know you and enjoy you. We've been created for that. So thank you that you've made a way, because we sure couldn't do it on our own. We're so thankful for that love, for your grace, God. So please, be with My brothers and sisters, Lord, uh, today, bless them, God. And as we worship now, we just pray that your heart would be just pleased and honored. We ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. God bless you, and thanks for listening to today's message. For more information on Freedom Fellowship Church or to hear other teachings, please visit our website, cometofreedom.com, or interact with us at facebook.com slash kakanachurch.